Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. Thanks so much for joining us and hanging with us through the beginning of the new year. So thanks for everybody for your support, continued support. We are starting a new series. I feel like we always have a new series, which is fun. It's cool. And we love alliterations around here. So our new series is called Money Matters. So we're primarily going to be talking about financial issues or financial literacy as well. So we'll, we'll have guests on to talk about their freedom journeys. We'll call it that. How to stay out of debt so that we can make, how to stay out of debt and make informed decisions so you're not getting into large amount of debt. Maybe Kemi and I will share our debt journeys, debt freedom. I'm in progress with my debt freedom journey. So we'll share our journeys as well. But it's really just going to be about financial literacy. So welcome to our first episode of the Money Matters series. Um, And we are joined by Ashley. Is it Strom? Sorry, I didn't ask you before we started. Okay, Ashley Strom. (laughs) She's going to share her journey to debt freedom, which is really awesome. It's very admirable. Um, so I'll let Ashley, I'll let you introduce yourself. Welcome to the podcast. Um, just tell, a little, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. And we'll start with that. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, thanks so much, Kiki. Thanks for having me here. Um, I yeah. feel like these conversations are super important. So just like honored to be able to share our stories with one another. I am originally from New Jersey. I now live in Durham, North Carolina, have been for about years now, which is wild to say. I'll be 33 in a matter of days uh, on Valentine's Day and have been paying off debt for at least a decade of my 33 years. So it's it's been a while, a lot of stories to share there. Um, But yeah, graduated from Elon University in 2012 with a degree in journalism. Back in the days when we were still like laying out print newspapers (laughs) on our (laughs) Mac desktop. Yes. Vintage, like the OG yeah. journalism degree for sure. Um, but yeah, live in Durham with with my husband of almost nine years and our little doodle. Sh- sh- his name's Rudy, but he's he's kind of a schnoodle. He's a schnauzer poodle mix, and he has our heart. Aww. So just excited to be here. Very cool. Well, I'm gonna first say we have a lot in common. Well, my birthday is the 28th of January, so we're like close birthdays. I'll be 33 as well, and I have a he's a he's a multi poo, so I have a half poodle mix as well. Um, his name is his name is Theo. So you're like me. You and your husband are like me. I like to give my pets like people names. A hundred percent. Why not? They are yeah. like little yeah. furry people. <laughs> they are they are people for sure. Um, but thanks so thanks so much for sharing for sharing that. So let's just get let's just get into it then. So I'll have you start with like what was your the the debt journey? Like how did you accumulate debt? Like what was your like knowledge or maybe lack of knowledge of like credit or money, finances, things like that. Like what led you to to get into debt? And if you want to share how much debt you had, you're welcome to share that as well. Oh yeah. I'll get I'll give it I'll give you all the receipts of of where okay. I've been. <laughs> like I think that's important too. Um so quick little context. My parents are Guyanese. Uh so they came to the US, settled in Brooklyn, then had me and my younger brother in New Jersey. Education was always a very strict Caribbean um immigrant sentiment like they felt mm-hmm. like your college degree could never be taken from you so that was like all it was a non-issue like whether i would go to college or not was like never really up for discussion so i started applying um 
I went to, yes, so in New Jersey, I went to a private all-girls school um, specifically because I felt like the education that I had gotten prior to that was not going to benefit me in terms of scholarship. So I had always been one of those people knowing college is expensive, but I still really need to go. Let me turn over every rock to get all the funding that I possibly can because I knew my parents wouldn't be able to foot the bill. So I actually got into Elon when I was 16 years old on the heels of cancer. I was like diagnosed with cancer my senior mm. year in high school. Um, I got this very rare cancer called angiosarcoma and kind of gave me like a little bit of a lease on life. I was just like, okay, like if I can get out of this, like I definitely want my next chapter to be brilliant mm. and beautiful and all those things. So like as I was graduating, got into Elon super young and started applying to scholarships Elon gave me half um, of each academic year covered in scholarships. So back when I was at Elon in t 2008, um, every year at Elon was $33,000 a year, which is wild to even think about because I know it's got to be way more than that by now. But mm, they, were about, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, they were giving me about $15,000 a year to go there, which was going to cover room and board, tuition, all that other good stuff. Left me with about $15,000 that I had to self-fund. Um, at first, my dad was like, let me take some money out of my 401k to help you go to college. And mm. I kid you not, I knew nothing about 401ks, but I was like, that sounds risky idea. Isn't that the money you've been saving <laughs> your entire career? Like, right, right. No thanks. Like my degree, my problem, my debt. So from a very young age, I was like, this is me. This is my path, whatever. And I don't say that to brag. I just say that to say like... Mm. I always felt like the debt that I was incurring was going to be mine. Um, and I was very adamant about that. But I was also 16 and couldn't really sign for any loans on my own. So mm -hmm. the first loans that I took out for Elon were Stafford loans and Parent Plus loans. Uh, and those are given by the federal government. My highest interest rate for the majority of my loans was 8.5%. I took out about 15K every single year. Um, I was in school for four years. And that left me with... I want to say a total of debt of about $64,000. So like I took out 15K, interest obviously accrued at 8.5% mm -hmm. while I was in school. And so I graduated with like 62K in debt, started at Teach for America, uh, which pays you about, I don't know, $25,000 a year. Yeah. And my mm -hmm. lowest student loan payment, I was on a graduated plan, basically. So it like starts low, ends high. And like the mm -hmm. lowest payment that I had was $500 a month. Uh, so I just started doing that. It was like rent, student loans, and then whatever else I had left over was like food. Okay. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that was like 2013 on. Um, get into like the specifics of like how I actually like chipped away at that debt, but that's how I got started. That is the initial accrual of like what my big boulder of debt looked like was that it started mm -hmm. at 62K. Yeah. Okay. Do you, well, if, if you want to talk, if it, if it like increased from there or. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, but yeah, if you want to get into that too, like let's, we'll, we'll lay it all out there if you're comfortable. But yeah, if you want to talk about, so that was your student loan debt. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming that was like part one and there's, there's like a accrual of other types of debt as well. Actually just that undergraduate debt, that is the okay. debt that has followed me into adulthood that, okay, sure. um, yeah, I mean, I have a mortgage, but like it's. I mean, we have so much equity stored up in our home. I don't necessarily feel, I feel like it's an asset. I, I We could okay. sell our home tomorrow and be debt-free, but the student loan yeah. debt was the debt that like just kept climbing. I yeah. started at 62K. I was paying $500 a month thinking that I was doing something. Ooh. Okay. This is 
this is always something that I like to lead with because people are like, yeah. hey, wait a second, $500 a month, that's absurd. How mm-hmm. much were you paying in the principal versus interest? And this mm-hmm. is something that I didn't really find out about until I graduated at 21. I started teaching my, I was 22, 23, $500 a month and seeing my balance grow. Mm-hmm. And what that effectively meant was that every single month I was paying $500 at an 8.5% interest rate. A student loan servicer was taking like over 75% of that payment, which just the interest. So I right. was really making like a negligible, maybe $55 mm-hmm. a month payment toward the principal. So mm-hmm. all of that stuff was stuff I had to educate myself on. I just thought a payment was a payment. I wasn't right. recognizing that like that 8.5% was really killing me. So I went, first I taught, then I started at like a small private school as their like director of communications. But again, like negligible salary. I was about like 50 thousand dollars a year um and my student loan payment went from five hundred dollars a month to six hundred and fifty dollars a month this was just my attempt to like make more of a principal dent and by the time i was 24 when i met my husband was making like you know a six hundred dollar a month payment and my student loan debt total was 82k so like i had gone from 62 to 82 in like a matter of four years yeah okay and so that was like the pinnacle where like I met this man, he also came with his own student loan debt. So the two of us were a little cute little couple saddled in debt. And I was livid. I was like, listen, I need you to know this about me. This is the debt that I'm carrying, but I'm really pissed Mm -hmm. about it. I need to do something about it. And this is not the way I want to like begin my life Mm -hmm. with you in marriage. So we made a plan. Okay. Um, and that plan to get out of debt was like kind of filled with a lot of potholes. One, I think both of us were like a little bit starry eyed and thinking about what our political system in America might look like in terms of a debt forgiveness scenario. Um, <laughs> I was always very, <laughs> I was like, mm, not holding my breath for that. Not at right, all. Exactly. I, I right. Exactly. I agree with you. I feel you. Yeah. I was like, there's no way. And then even if it is, it's probably going to be ne- negligible. And then the second thing that I was thinking about was get out from underneath this 8% interest rate. And at the time I was making student loan payments in my dad's name. Like I never missed a payment, but it was, it was technically under his name. He had taken out that debt and I really wanted the debt to be in my name. So a part of that was like, how do I consolidate this debt, get it in my name and also have a lower interest rate than this 8.5%. And Mm. we paused on that for a year or two because we were like, what if, what if something happens in the white house and these are federal loans and we consolidate them to a private loan and we no longer are eligible for debt forgiveness. So that was really the, the decision to be made was like, if I took right. my federal loans and I got a lower interest rate with a private company, Joe Biden, you know, like, or Hillary right. Clinton or whoever else like starts student mm-hmm. loan forgiveness, we wouldn't be eligible. And my thought was my student loan debt just ballooned 20 K. Like I can't wait. Like by the time that happens, we'll be in six figure debt. Yeah. It's crazy. Blah, blah, blah. So we pulled the trigger four years into our marriage and I refinanced with a company called SoFi, not afraid to shout Mm -hmm. them out. I actually think Mm -hmm. they're like a very simple, like it was simple. It was painless. And I had like a 5.75% interest rate at that point. Okay. And um, improvement once improve. Oh, oh, it it was like life. (laughs) It was life. Like those three percentage points was like everything. Like it allowed us because basically we couldn't buy a house when we first got married, because our debt to income ratio was so off, like they just okay, sure. were making enough for our mortgage, but the bank didn't believe that we could pay it. 
And so when we made that shift, like all of these doors opened for us, we were able to mm-hmm. buy a house for $159,000 a year. And then in Durham, North Carolina, the housing market is crazy. So we sold it three years after that and used the margin on that sale to pay off my husband's student loan debt at the time, mm, which was okay. our first nut to crack. And I think he only owed about like $30,000. So it wasn't too crazy. Yeah. And then we just, for the last six years yeah, of our marriage, we effectively just put his entire income toward my student debt. So we were living wow. off of my income and paying $2,795 a month about four years and we finally got debt free like a year ish and a half ago. So wow, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Okay, well, so I was, and that's like incredible. Just hearing you share, because even like when, when you were talking in the beginning, you like knew your interest rate, which I feel like I don't know my interest rate honestly for my student loans, but like I can tell, like you said, you educated yourself thoroughly which is mm-hmm. probably vital, which not probably, which I know is vital, you know, when you're trying to pay off debt because mm-hmm. a lot of people probably don't know that your interest rate grows. Like, like, like you just said, the interest rate is really what like can, can put the damper on things because it's like you started at 62,000. You said you went up to 82,000, like by the time you really, really started paying everything off. So that's just incredible. But it's a, it's a note to like why we need to educate ourselves previously like you know before we even accumulate the debt but while you're starting the journey because people come out of college like oh you know and and even that like six month grace period it's like i don't have to pay anything i think it's kind of like a it's a trick like we should be paying we should be paying things but then you're also it's like i don't have i don't have money to pay it but like i I just Mm -hmm. i just got out of college so it's like a never-ending cycle that's that's what it seems like a never-ending cycle so you all mm-hmm. took action. Well, like, I, I, I want to ask too, like, what, like, how did you all come to the decision? So, like, after you, like, how did you all come to the decision to, like, sell your house to pay off your husband's debt and then deciding that you're going to use his income to pay off your debt? Like, because there's other, you know, there's, there's, like, many methods to pay off debt, mm-hmm. but how did you all come to that specific decision? It's such a good question because the more I'm talking to people who are now in the trenches of paying off their student loan debt after getting a financial advisor, which is like a big grown up thing that I did a couple years ago. I was like, mm-hmm. help me figure <laughs> out like how to invest and like all this kind of stuff. Right. They were telling me that like their advice to people now would be to not just throw all of your eggs at the student loan. Like that was all I could think about for 10 years. And I didn't mm-hmm. really invest in a 401k. Didn't really invest in a Roth IRA. Like some, there is an opinion out there in the world that one should be deciding to both pay off debt and invest at the same time. Like use Mm -hmm. your 20s. That's like a really big decade to like Mm -hmm. just squirrel away something so that you can let time kind of be the determining factor for how much you save. But at the time, I, I can't really describe it in any other way other than the fact that like it was affecting me as a person. Like Mm -hmm. I needed... I needed my debt gone. Like it just felt like a psychological noose around my neck. So like, it really wasn't even a decision. Like we could have still been in that first house, like, and been fine, Mm -hmm. but we were almost looking at our house as like one more thing that we could leverage to like take a big chunk out of Mm -hmm. what we owed. Um, And really we, we got lucky, right? With another home that we were able to afford at the same time. But I was like, wait, 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 wait a second. Like in what other world could we make $30,000 in two years other than this house? Like the house appreciated Mm -hmm. in value. So I was just like, that's $30,000 we don't have to earn. So like, let's Mm -hmm. just sell it and like see how it goes. 
Um, and again, like Cody's Cody's loans, like he only earned like owed like 30k but he was paying like 72 dollars a month and very good about mm-hmm. himself he was like look how low my student loan <laughs> payment is and i remember i was like sir let me see what these statements look like and right when I him, <laughs> it was like 70 dollars in interest he was paying every month i was sick i was like we can't doing this so and honestly it got personal i was like i feel sure. like i graduated with an elon degree and these student loan servicers are like taking my life away from me like mm-hmm. i'm stressed mm-hmm. I graduated years ago, but it like haunts me. It was like this whole thing. And so we thought like temporary discomfort, just in terms of like him sacrificing his salary was going to be worth our thirties and forties and fifties traveling and not having this big nut to crack because the amount of salary I would need to make in order to keep a 500 to $700 student loan payment for the next 15 to 20 years like I wanted the option to take a low-paying job if I wanted to Mm. um, and now I actually do which is kind of nice got you so I I would say then your motivating factor then wasn't even like it wasn't like motivation it was like your mental health sounds like that was the biggest thing it's just like you said it was it was personal so it was like we have to make a change at whatever cost you would mm-hmm. say like your like not just mental health, but I'm sure that was a part of it. Like your just overall wellness is probably what mm-hmm. motivated you all to just keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, like there is something about in that paperwork and also like hearing these people on the phone, like when you call like Fed loan or you call whoever, like I get it. Everybody needs a job, but like there is no empathy. There was no, <laughs> yeah, no. like, you it know, never, I never there's just like they're heartless people and i was just like i feel like no one cares like we're all out here struggling and like no one cares mm-hmm. what that feels like when you go to bed at night and all that kind of stuff so it was really a change for me i i i would yeah. say i could be a little selfish in saying like i didn't feel like i could show up as the best wife or the best daughter or the best friend or like whatever with all this hanging over my head so 100 mm-hmm. percent desperation 100 yeah. percent <laughs> yeah. And I was gonna say, I just like hearing you that that's like a blessing that your husband was even like, was was just like, yeah, we're gonna do this. Like, this is what we're gonna do to pay off not only his debt, but your debt, you know, to like just pay off our debt. Like, that's a huge blessing that he was on board with all of that. That's so true. I'm gonna tell him yeah. that you said this after this call. Yeah. Like- I think another like facet of it is like we're we're not gonna have children. Like we we knew mm-hmm. pretty early on in our marriage that like we probably weren't suited to be parents. My parents were very sacrificial. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. the child of immigrants in every sense. And I was like, I don't right. know if I have that level of like self-sacrifice in me. Mm-hmm. But also the financial piece was huge. Like with right. what money? Like yeah. <laughs> you know, so like That's it was like life. kind of twofold. It was the debt and then it was also like what is our future gonna look like? So mm-hmm. lots of big decisions were made. Yeah, well, you have a dogs are like they they cost an arm and leg honestly these days. So they really do. Um, to to raise a dog costs costs as much as it does to raise a kid in some sense, not in everything, of course. But um, <laughs> I I wanted to ask too. So like in the in the throes of like paying off the debt, and I'm I'm going through my own like debt journey right now, or like paying off debt journey right now, and I'm like in a workshop and we're talking about like budgeting, and I feel like budgeting is always like a very it's not a taboo word, but it's like a scary word. It's like, oh, we have to budget. Mm-hmm. And that budget connotates like restrictions and like you can't live your life. So did you like, well, ask like, did you all have a budget or like, what was your budgeting like when you were going through your debt journey or debt freedom journey? Um, and I guess like, what is your take on budgeting? It's like, we all do it. 
knowingly or unknowingly, but like I'm sure you were probably more intentional about it. Would you say so? Or how was your budgeting too? Yeah, no, I think that's like, you're assuming so many kind things about me and I really appreciate it. I, I can't honestly, like it's going to sound crazy, but we didn't like sit down and say only going to spend, you know, this much on groceries and this much on home improvement and this much on clothes or like anything like that. When I tell Mm -hmm. you we treated that student loan payment, like our lives just had to revolve around it. Like we just like lived on whatever was left. Mm -hmm. We, it's unfortunate to think about it that way, but it really was like a singular focus of, okay, I need a roof over my head. I need food in my belly and I need the student loan payment made. And there are some people, I, my dad multiple times would be like, honey, like you have a life to live. This is so sad to see you like living in such this like deprivation mindset. Like mm-hmm. you still have to enjoy your life. You still have to like go, like your student loan can't be the only thing that you're thinking about. But I can't imagine any other mindset that would have allowed me to like shell out $2,700 a month. Like, right. Like, like, there's no budgeting for that. It's just <laughs> like whatever the like pie chart says is left is yeah. what's left. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had more advice for people who I feel like if you're dealing with like maybe a smaller nugget, I would say maybe this is to people who have like 30K in debt less to pay off. Like I was I was dealing with like almost 100K in debt. Mm-hmm. And when you have like a number that big, there's really no way to like to get it over with other than to take really large chunks out of it. Mm-hmm. And right. So I would just say, like, if you have any opportunity to have some upside, I'm talking like additional income, instead of like carving away what you're like currently making and like living in the margin, I would just say, do you have a job that can be monetized in terms of freelancing? Like, mm-hmm. like there were a couple of times I would freelance for a few articles and I would get paid 500 okay. extra dollars a gotcha. month and that would go to my student loan. So I wasn't necessarily thinking about like what's left for me to live on or like how do I like shave down these little areas of my life to accommodate the student loan payment. I was just more so thinking other ways can I... I like bankroll my okay. life so I don't feel as much of a, a burden here, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, no, it does. And that's real life. Like in, in the workshop the other day, they were like, and that's why I said, sometimes like we're, we're all budgeting, whether we know it or not, but like for your mm-hmm. form of budgeting, you weren't, and that, like, that's, that's like totally fine. Cause y'all made it through, like it worked, but you weren't like sitting down, like you said, saying like, we have to shell out, we have like this much for groceries, this much for gas. But I know, I'm sure in your head, you knew like, this is what I'm bringing in. And so this is what we have mm-hmm. to live off of. So that's right. a form of budgeting too. Like to know what you have is a form True. of budgeting too. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure within that, there was some level of like restriction. Like we got to, you know, pull back on this. Or like you said, you, you were self-aware to be like, I have to freelance to bring some extra money in. And that, that's real. I mean, I feel like all of this is, is real life. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So in a little bit, like you mentioned the financial piece that you have like what are some of the things that you're now able to do like are you and your husband are able to do you're able to do for for your lives like since you're both now debt free (laughs) (laughs) oh it's the fun part it's the really fun part yeah we got over we got over the the rough part (laughs) yeah well we can we can stay in the rough part for as long i mean i'm i'm a big proponent of student debt cancellation like if it Mm -hmm. happens for everybody else like yes yeah, I'm not one of those people out here like oh, I had to go through this like cri-. what is that? Yeah, I know like, it's silly. It's silly. It's, it's so like why can't everybody win? It is crazy. <laughs> why can't everyone win? Like I, I feel the freest and most liberated I've ever been. It took me like one hundred and twenty three thousand dollars to get there combined mm-hmm. with our mm-hmm. debt, and I'm I'm happy it happened. But I also don't feel like anyone should have to live that way. Um, I we had this like cute little photo shoot where we like announced 
everybody, whenever we say we have an announcement, people assume it's a baby. So we were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we held up a little sign. We had all these balloons and everything. And we were like, a little money is on the way, you know, instead of like a little honey, like a little baby. <laughs> and people lost it. They were like, it kind of went viral on LinkedIn, like 13,000 you know, likes or whatever. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I'll have to send you the link. Yeah, I was just mainly like, oh my gosh, like what are ways that we can also celebrate the milestones that aren't like the Mm. traditional ones? Because that is kind of one we're celebrating. But yeah, my husband and I both have remote jobs now. So we spent the entire summer in Europe last year, went to Amsterdam, Paris and London and lived abroad for a while, which was really nice. Um, And we're going to go to Portugal and Spain Mm -hmm. this year, as well as Argentina for a little while. And that's like our main thing. Like we just want to like experience the world and like maybe eat and like drink good wine Mm -hmm. and like do all that other stuff. And yeah, I think like the whole savings part of it now too, like I'm, I'm really aggressive about, you know, maxing out my 401k and like maxing out both of our Roth accounts and like trying to Mm -hmm. be really diligent about taking advantage of, you know, how to make our money grow and not just like sit in our bank um, account, which it is. I mean, it's depreciating in value when you have savings in a, in a savings account. It's like not doing yeah. anything. So, so yeah, we're, we're excited about all that. Good stuff. No, that's super cool. Um, the, the travel, I feel like, I feel like the travel is probably like the, like the win of it all. We all still like, were y'all traveling while you were like paying off debt? Were you able to do that? Or was that kind of on, on hold? And we did our little things like we would go down yeah. to like Charleston or Savannah or like we didn't we didn't just buckle down and like not leave the house but it definitely yeah, didn't yeah. look like it looks now yeah okay got you and I, I guess like the point too I want to make is just because you're on a debt like you're paying off debt doesn't mean you have to be like restricted like you know there are mm. there are times when maybe you can put some of the money or save or just like take little trips like you weren't going to Europe at that time but to get to get away like just the the point that you don't have to be locked down to your house and just eating like you know sardines yeah yeah exactly or like bologna you know eating little tomato sandwiches all the time like you can still live your life i'm I'm speaking to Mm -hmm. myself as well because i need to hear that but yeah you can still you can still have freedom like even while you're trying to get to the the debt free the the debt freedom as well agreed um yeah yeah that's that's a that's a highlight. Anybody listening, you can still live your life. It's fine. Um, yeah. I'll, so next question, looking looking back, like what would you maybe was is there anything that you would do differently? Like starting from the the knowledge, like the knowledge base of taking out student loans or things like that. Or I'll let you answer. I won't put the words in your mouth, but like what would you maybe do differently looking back, if anything? Oh, it's a good question. Um, can't. I honestly, I feel like some people ask, like, did you know, like, did you know, like how hard it was going to be? I didn't know how hard it was going to be, but mm-hmm. I did know what I was getting myself into. I was mm-hmm. very clear on what debt meant. Um, I wasn't clear on how debt would feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I made a logical decision that turned out to be very emotional over the course of, you know, that decade where I didn't realize that some arbitrary number on a spreadsheet and a bank account was going to like control a lot of the decisions that I made, the jobs that I took, like the people I networked with. Like I was very mm-hmm. ambitious professionally because I knew I had this tough nut to crack. So, yeah, I mean, I think I still would have gone to Elon. They gave me the most money mm-hmm. for me to get my degree. So I'm happy about that. Um, right. I feel like if I wasn't so determined and like singularly focused on paying off the debt, I wouldn't have done it when I did. And I feel like I feel really good about it just being 10 years as opposed to 15 and like dragging it Mm -hmm. out. Um, 
I feel like I made a really good choice in, in a partner. Maybe that is like the X factor a little bit mm-hmm. of like, yeah, for sure. Who, yeah. Like de- determine who you want to share your life with and how those people can support you in your financial goals. I feel like that's mm-hmm. really important. Um, but yeah, I feel like, well, my parents were a guiding force in like me becoming who I am today. And and say if I had a kid, which, you know, won't be my life path, but I feel like if I did mm-hmm. have one, like, I'm not sure if I would be like, yeah, get a four-year degree. Like, I would be like, yeah. mm, are there other ways for you to make good money in this world, right? So right. Mm. that would be my advice to anybody, I guess, like, to come. It's just, like, think really long and hard about what that four-year degree is going to afford you. I do think I got lucky in that I picked a major is transferable. So, like, yes, I was a journalist, but I also yeah. work in communications and marketing and mm-hmm. some other spaces. So, like, I don't know how transferable some other majors might be. So just be conscientious about that. And Yes, yeah. please. well no i mean that's that's really a lot of our premise of the podcast and you like you just said it so to be to be 16 like you know well 17 18 also to be like that age and have to make a decision on your life is hard and kemi kemi and i both went to like private schools as well like yourself and i still feel like we, we talk about it too like we didn't feel as prepared for having to make a decision on like what options we had out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure your school was like, you're going to a four-year school and your parents probably the same thing. That's how my mother was. That's how my school was like community college was not an option at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have, I had one down the street from where I went to school. So I actually worked at community college for five years and was very humble. Cause I was like, Oh, I could have came here. Even if it wasn't just for my degree, Mm-hmm. They have dual enrollment. They have classes I could have been taking. So that's really the premise of our of our podcast is, yeah, are there other ways to do what you want to do degree-wise, internships, trade school, things that are, things that will help you stay out of debt. So you said it, like, that's, that's the advice is like, <laughs> just explore all of your options that you have. If you, if you know you have a career, like, of course, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go to med school, you have to go to four year mm-hmm. in med school. Like that's a non-negotiable, but there are plenty of things that, don't require a four-year degree, mm-hmm. but a four-year degree is not bad either. It's just make make wise money decisions. So, mm-hmm. indeed, um, yeah, that's the that's the takeaway too. But I don't know. Would would you have like any other? Is there any other advice that like you shared? Like a lot of good nuggets, but like any other parting words of advice you have parting about the? Advice. Yeah, I mean, even, well, even maybe. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, no, you take it away. I was gonna say like. My virtual door is always open. Like, I don't even know what questions to ask at this point. But if people have individual questions, okay. I would love to make friends. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, that's that's perfect. Um, yeah, we always, if you want to, at the end, I'll let you shout out, like, how to contact right. you. And I'll definitely put it in the show notes as well. Because I think, I think that's valuable. Like, if people, so thank you for saying that, too. If people can hear, like, oh, you've been through this. They, they've not heard your, your journey. And you can you can give some some advice, motivation that someone else needs to to get through it. Um, then I'll, that'll be perfect. I'm sure they'd appreciate that for sure. But that's good advice. Yeah, one on one time is probably better than than the the generalized advice. Yeah, um, I was gonna sure. ask. Yeah, we have one more question. I don't know. I think you kind of mentioned it already too. But how do you all like plan? to like maintain where you are. And you mentioned like you're now like investing, saving, things like that. Would you say that's like how you're maintaining? I guess I want to ask too, because I assume this is my bad at the beginning. I assumed that you had credit card debt too, which I'm assuming now y'all don't have credit card debt. So like, what is your, 
like frame frame like mindset around like debt now and like how to just stay out of that and do you all use credit and if you do like how do you make good credit decisions <laughs> oh it's a good it's a good question i I'm loaded um I have incredible credit. I like to brag about it. Like anyone who wants to talk to me about it, I'm like, I've worked really hard on my credit score. (laughs) You should brag about it. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I would say like my dad, I I remember being really afraid of credit cards growing up because my parents would always like be like, it's the, you know, it's Satan's. Okay. this is the rah, rah, rah. and I was like, okay, like that's that's aggressive. There's a lot of Christian themes there that I don't, I didn't know how those two things overlapped, but it's fine. Um, right. And so by the time I actually got a credit card, which is like I was about to graduate from Elon, my dad would effectively say, "This is how you build your credit: Starbucks once or twice a month, buy a coffee on your credit card, and just like pay it off at the end of the month." Mm-hmm. So like that's that's the way that I've always engaged in in credit cards. It's weird now, right? Credit cards have these cool like bonuses that are like right. Um, you can travel, you can get points and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I feel like it has just been better for us to not use the debit card. We effectively put all of our like expenditures outside of the home mm-hmm. that aren't like base bills that are wired to our checking account on our credit card. And we just okay. pay it off in full at the end mm-hmm. of the month. So I would just say like, again, like you're probably talking to somebody who is fearful and anxious about debt. And so okay. I... Yeah, I'm a very all or nothing kind of person, unfortunately. Like, I don't really know how to engage with, like, credit cards without just being like, okay, like, if I can't afford it, then I just can't buy it. And I will say, like, even if it is a situation where I'm like, okay, I'm buying these, like, $4,000 plane tickets to Portugal or whatever it's going to look like, you know, forecasting, Mm -hmm. like, four to six months in advance to be like, okay, in this big expenditure now, what does the rest of my six months to a year need to look like in order for me to not feel this? Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, like, a good thought process. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I I hear that completely. And and maybe the fear that your parents put in you helped a lot too about credit cards. I mean I mean but spiritual I, fear. I think Yeah, well yeah, that too. Money fear, spiritual fear. Sometimes you know, we shouldn't live like that. But it it probably it, it probably informed your decisions around mm-hmm. credit for sure. Um yeah. At, and I I've been hearing people say that too, like they People that don't have a large amount of credit card debt, like pay their expenses, like with the credit card. And then you get all the benefits, like the cash back and travel rewards, mm-hmm. things like that. So it all works out. I think that's all our question. This was really, this was really helpful, very mm-hmm. informative. And you shared like a lot, like just to be transparent about your debt is a lot, I'm sure, but you're on the other side of it now. So I'm sure now it's like, you want to share that so that people can learn from your experiences as well. So thank you so much for your... Of course. I will I will just say this, like I can talk about it now. I know sometimes mm-hmm. on social media or in a podcast format, everybody's like, Oh, well, you're on the other side, so you don't you know, like it's been a while yeah. since you felt but like even when I was in it, I would say my one mm-hmm. piece of advice is like talk about it. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it's something people don't necessarily want to talk about, but it was so nice to like meet other college grads that were my age that were going right. through it because, you know, let's be honest, there were some people at Elon who had their degree paid for and like just didn't really understand what it was like Mm -hmm. but yes talk about it like connect with people like find people who are willing to just sit with you when you're like i'm stressed out well why because i have this student loan debt like well what can i do even tonight can i show up with a pie pizza can we like just like decompress Mm -hmm. around it you're gonna need those people along the way so you don't have to feel like you're going it alone but yes absolutely Mm -hmm. you don't have to wait till the end to to celebrate your rainbow because the journey is part of it too no i agree with that because i I i do think too like it's a I guess I hate to say this word taboo is a taboo word, but it is like a taboo thing to talk about your debt. I don't think it is as much now. And that's why I, 
this workshop that, that I'm in is, is helpful because we're just all talking about our struggles and how we're going to like overcome it. And it's like, how you're, you're right. Like, how can you really overcome this if you're not sharing or conversing about what, we're, what a lot of people are struggling with? Like no one's alone in this journey. So right. that's, that's really valid. It's like a good nugget of advice is to talk about it with people that are going to to you, listen to you and give you sound advice. Cause right. um, the way that I like, I knew I had debt, but I was like, oh, whatever. I'm going to be in debt forever kind of thing. That was my mindset. And then a family member like got like really uh, got on me for like three days straight. I probably should. I probably shared a story like many times in this financial series, but I was just like, oh my gosh. And it, it like really like brought shame. It like brought me shame. So I was like, okay, I got to make, it's like at the forefront of my head now. So mm. oh, I'm sorry. Oh, but it's okay. But it's okay. Thank you. It, it's like, yeah, it sucks, but it helped me to be like, oh, it checked me as well to mm. try to make some better decisions about my finances. So, yeah, it did. It it hurt in the moment, but now I'm like, oh, okay, I can I can do this. So that's where I am. You can do this. Um, okay, and one day, Kemi and I are going to interview each other about our debt free journeys as well. So we'll be we'll be where you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank well, yeah. Um, do you want to shout out how people can like reach you if you're social media, email, and I'll again I'll put it in the show notes as well. Sure, sure. Yeah, you can reach out to me um on my content strategist slash like portfolio website at ashleystrom.com. That's S-T-R-A-H-M. Um, you can also find me Ashley Strom on LinkedIn. Easiest way to find me. But yeah, message me anytime. I'm happy to like brainstorm, talk about like whatever. Um, I feel like we, we should be a little bit of a collective, like a little bit of a community because mm. I feel like that's yeah. what it takes to get through. So here, here for you and you got this. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, Ashley, so much for your time again, for your transparency. That's really awesome. I'm, I'm, I know someone I, I did myself. I know people are going to relate to this a lot and be inspired and encouraged by it because it's possible. So thanks so much for joining our podcast of course thank you for having me yeah of course and thanks everybody for listening um we hope this encouraged you we'll have many more episodes in our money matters series so be sure to stay tuned and if there's something that you want to hear about finances or financial literacy let us know so we can talk about it between kemi and i or have guests on to share that with you as well but you know where to find us on instagram and tiktok yasin podcast if you want to email us, our email inbox is dry. So we want to hear from y'all. If you want to email us to give us other ideas, or if you want to hear things again, please let us know. But thanks for your support. And we'll see you in the next one. See you. Ooh, I'll just end it. That was awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's. Of course. Of course. Great, Thank you for having great me. Journey. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you in a second when this is going to come out. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.